0: And Welcome to Inspiring Women Leaders, the podcast about leadership by women only, from which everyone can learn. Inspiring Women Leaders aims to showcase the extensive leadership knowledge and practical skills of its incredible guests, and to both inspire and educate its listeners, helping them acquire the know-how necessary to become better leaders themselves. Without further ado, I'd now like to welcome my guest, so please, sit back, relax, And enjoy this episode of inspiring women leaders. Hello, and welcome to another episode of inspiring women leaders today. I'm really excited to welcome to the show, Dr. Jill Collins, Dr. Jill Collins holds a doctorate in medicinal chemistry from the university of Illinois in Chicago, and has over 17 years of scientific and strategic marketing experience. Following her postdoctoral position in neuroscience, she moved into biotechnology and held leading roles at biotech companies. Jill is a visionary for branding and activation in the healthcare and biotech industries. As CEO and Chief Strategy Officer of Audacity Health, she's led the company to significant growth over the last six years. She very recently won the CEO of the Year Award, from the San Diego Business Journal for her leadership in helping audacity thrive Jill has been an exemplary leader at audacity driving growth and success for the company under her leadership the team has experienced 40 percent growth from January 21 to July 22 added paid media capabilities and a new PR offering and maintained strong client retention under her leadership, Audacity has also gone from generating just under a million dollars in 2013 to two million in 2014 to six and a half million dollars in 2021. Jill is committed to making a difference to the lives of both her employees and the community. She introduced Audacity Health's charitable contributions program in 2021 with several charitable contributions that Audacity employees are passionate about supporting. In addition, she donates her own time and resources to several other local organizations, including participating in beach cleanups on Saturdays through the Purpose First Beach Cleanups organization. Jill is an influential leader and a fantastic role model for all women in business. Through her strategic leadership and dedication to her work, Jill has significantly impacted the healthcare industry. Coming from a scientific background, Jill has had to manage the difficult transition from the lab into the business world and learn how to navigate corporate dynamics as a female in several companies dominated by male leadership. So without further ado, let's meet Dr. Jill Collins. Welcome to the show, Jill. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and speak to the show's audience. Hello,
1: hello. Thank you for having me. i are excited to be here
0: it's my absolute pleasure it's a real honor to have you thank you and congratulations on your recent CEO of the year award that really is fantastically exciting so um I've, I've read out that uh wonderful um wonderful bio that you um provided me with um I was just wondering if you could make it a little bit more personally in your own words tell the audience a bit more about yourself about your current work roles and your um leadership positions that you've uh held in the past and that you currently hold now please
1: sure well i think you did an excellent job kind of recapping my background i do come from the science side so i did my phd moved on to the postdoc that traditional academic route and then i decided i really didn't want to be in the lab and pursue that academic career and i moved over to the business side of biotech so that was a big leap and that was something that a lot of people struggle to make that transition and i jumped into the biotech industry here in san diego and worked through a variety of different roles until I was able to land here at Audacity where I'm leading the team and really enjoying having a mix of that deep technical science, but also that marketing and branding and storytelling aspect, which really merges what I love, the ability to communicate science, but also really see innovative technologies thrive and helping them do so. So it's it's been an untraditional journey, but something that's very enjoyable and really helped me really land in a position that has aspects I really enjoy, and is very fulfilling.
0: Thank you so much. I mean that as a as a doctor who um, you know myself has uh, moved into the business world and sort of entrepreneurship, and and I know a lot of doctors who have done the same. I know us physicians really struggle to 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 make that transition. into other other worlds really not not you know anything that's kind of non-clinical uh we struggle with so um I'm, you know what you've said really resonates i'm I'm really really interested you you said you you kind of like you came to realization that you didn't want to spend the rest of your life in a lab you know kind of doing all the uh the research side of things like what what was it that that changed what was your epiphany what what kind of drew you to marketing rather than something Else entirely different, you know. And then how did you did you start really at the at the bottom as like a real kind of Mm -hmm. entry-level intern in market? You know, tell us tell us a bit more about that, please.
1: Yeah, so I love science. And when you're in the lab as a researcher, it's a very different environment. And often you're working in isolation or you're focused on experiments that can run long hours and all hours of the days and throughout the weekend. But what you're doing often in the type of research I was doing is that you're at the bench, you're pipetting a lot or you're analyzing data. And so that particular type of work wasn't really my kind of personality. I'm a very outgoing person. I like to communicate. And one of the aspects I loved about being a researcher is the presentation, the ability to communicate your findings, the science and explain it. And so that's what I really enjoy, not necessarily pipetting and doing the work at the bench, And so that was one of those moments where I realized uh, being able to apply the science more on the industry side is going to be more exciting for me as opposed to the one generating the data and the discoveries. And so getting out of academia, you start to see that science translate into actual products and technologies that start to make an impact as opposed to more academic type research. So I think the whole essence of Moving over to industry was appealing to me, and it is challenging because you're trained as a scientist. You don't have that business acumen, so Mm. it's difficult to find someone who's willing to take a risk on you. I fortunately found a connection networking where the person that decided to hire me was a PhD that had gone on to get his MBA. So he knew the trajectory. He actually was a postdoc at the same institute I was at. Um, historically. So there was a connection and the willingness to give it a chance. And I did start at a low level. Um, and he was very graciously able to mentor me and really teach me the ropes on the business side, knowing where I came from. And so that was a really nice opportunity because not only did he bring me in and give me a chance, he really provided a lot of mentorship and guidance, which made me successful and how to learn and navigate that side of the business. So um, I'm incredibly grateful for that opportunity because not everybody has that. But once I got there, it was definitely low level entry. But then quickly, as I learned as much as I could, as fast as I could, was able to rise the ranks pretty quickly as they saw that mm-hmm. I was confident and able to really understand and help contribute value.
0: Fantastic. So you went you went from being a scientific researcher in an academic institution straight mm-hmm. into being a sort of an intern level marketing strategy person in a in a science company or did you go and do any research in industry before you ended up no, doing it?
1: I did yeah. not go to the industry side in the research lab capacity at all. I jumped over yeah. to the business side of it. And I actually yeah. started in a business development role. So mm-hmm. it was a small company. So of course a variety of different Um, responsibilities that did spill outside of business development. Some of those were evaluating new technologies to bring in for potential product offerings. So doing some licensing and negotiation there or evaluation of the uh, technology fit. Then we are also promoting some of our custom technology that we are doing strategic partnerships with. So I was really tasked with presenting at scientific conferences uh, we mm-hmm. moved into diagnostics. We set up a diagnostic lab. So I was able to be part of that whole process to set up mm-hmm. a, a CLIA certified lab and then to put together panels that we were going to offer. We were looking at um, tests that were indicative of the presence of cancer, a collection mm-hmm. of protein biomarkers, and we did one for cardio. So I had to learn about oncology and cardio and then presented those, con- uh, those conferences as that mm-hmm. scientific expert of how the technology and tests work. So It was a nice array of blending the science and the ability Mm -hmm. of turning it into products. So it was more on the biz dev capacity initially. And then when the person leading marketing ended up departing the company, I assumed some of those responsibilities and realized that was also a really nice way to be able to communicate the science and really help Mm -hmm. ensure the value is conveyed appropriately. So with that, that was my foray into marketing. And then I continued down that path.
0: Thank you so much. That's really fascinating. I um, really, really appreciate you um, going into that detail for us. Um, so what, what would you say is your personal leadership style um, at the moment?
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so I've learned a lot. And I think one of the things that I was teasing with one of my colleagues is that you learn the most from bosses that you've had, whether, you know, if they were a really good boss, or maybe one that does not have a lot of strength in their management style, but what you learn is what to do and what not to do. So I've continued to refine what I've seen work well. And so the things I've landed on, I call it the T method, TEA. So trust, empowerment and acknowledgement. And these are things that I feel have worked really well with the current team. So trust being that make sure you hire the right person and then trust Mm -hmm. them to do the job. No micromanagement. So allow them to do what you hired them to do. And then you have to empower them. So you've got to make sure you provide the proper training, the resources, and remove any and all barriers so that they can succeed. And then finally, acknowledgement, which is, I think, arguably the most important. So make sure you acknowledge their accomplishments, their contributions, whether it's personally or publicly, because people like to know all that hard work is noticed and appreciated. So sometimes it's not in the si- in the form of a financial incentive, but just that verbal acknowledgement really makes them feel mm-hmm like what they've done and their contributions and all that hard work is worthwhile.
0: Thank you so much. I I really love that. Um, it's, um, it's, it's, it's quite, it's quite simple, isn't it? It's quite straightforward. It's concise. It's a, it's a three letter acronym. Um, and, uh, uh, but my gosh, there's so much within those, those three letters, isn't there? Um, and yeah, what, what you're saying is it's, uh, yeah, it's really, really kind of in a, in alignment with my thinking, and and I, I gosh, I wish uh, I wish a lot more leaders would uh, would look at this. I'm, I'm definitely gonna gonna publicize this with with your permission, uh, but you maybe you should trademark it before we do that. <laughs> but uh, I I think the the thing that really resonated with me the the most was, um, and that you said you felt that it's the most important step is the the acknowledgement um because I'd I mean I've I've coached leaders who have been in academia so you know if you go back to your your former career um there's and it's very much like like within medicine there's there's very much um a, a lack of uh, acknowledgement a lack of positive feedback a, a lack of praise a lack of a lack of rewards a lack of kindness uh actually on the whole um and the only feedback that most most physicians get is uh I wouldn't even call it constructive feedback I just call it negative you know criticism you know um yeah more more than 90 percent of the time um and and you're right it doesn't always have to be in sort of um you know financial compensation format um I mean studies show that um you know very small small gifts um and they don't have to be you know monetary um but are are just as effective at kind of like showing gratitude and you know raising people's morale and things like that as as large gifts so um yeah yeah can you tell us a bit more about how you um you know how you would uh, you know that acknowledgement process works works for you
1: Yeah, so um, it's really important too for the way we operate. We're an agency where there's a lot of projects and people are working in sometimes silos to accomplish different projects or components of it. We're also very completely virtual right now. So people don't always see what you're working on. And so it's really hard as you're knocking out different tasks and nobody's aware of it. So every Friday we have an all company meeting and what we try to do is we give some general company highlights and then we open up the floor to really recap what are the notable events of the week. So people can call out what happened so that you have that visibility about what was transpiring in everybody's little court. And then we basically transition it into a kudos session. So everybody gives kudos. Thank you for your hard work on this or you knocked this out or this was something you really stepped up for. So everybody, it's a pure kudos exchange. And I obviously do the ones I'm aware of. So it really helps. And sometimes people pass it to me because they think that, you know, if I'm the one sharing the kudos, it sometimes feels like it has a little bit different weight. But we all basically are able to call out achievements every week. And so it's a really positive session where all that hard work you're doing daily gets recognized. And I think it's really a favorite time of the week for a lot of people because They've worked hard all week, and instead of just having that work being unseen, it's really brought to the forefront and really appreciated by not only sometimes me but their colleagues.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely love that, and um, it's it is a concept that I'm I'm familiar with and I've I've read about. But actually, uh, to to hear you describe it, you've you've really kind of brought it to life for me. Um, you know, the, the fact that I know it's going on in a real company rather than just something that I've read in you know in a paper um yeah really really like that thank you thank you so much um yeah appreciate that um yeah I I just want to dive a little bit further um into your journey to uh leadership if you don't mind so obviously you you know you would started off in the the business development side um mm-hmm. within within your the, the company that you worked with initially um your first you know your first rollout out of academia um and then you started to you know get get involved in the marketing side and so on and then kind of what what happened with your you know your kind of formal um leadership development and and promotion and stuff how did you you know how did you get to where you are now and how long did that take you and so on
1: um well I would say that when I transitioned over to that first biotech company as I mentioned it was lower level because I really didn't have the business experience and so my goal was really to learn everything I could about the industry side and the lab sector and diagnostics and everything we were doing. So with a small company, you have that opportunity because you're really trying to serve a lot of roles. And so it was learning as much as you can makes you really successful at delivering really any task that they assign to you. And mm-hmm. so I think if you work hard and continue to add that value and to prove yourself, then you're going to continue to elevate. And I did so within that first role pretty quickly, I think I was there around three years. And I started mm-hmm. you know, as a business development associate and moved up to director level. And then I went over to a director of marketing role at another biotech. And then mm-hmm. again, a new space, a new type of technology. And it's basically learning everything you can about the company, about the technology and how it works Mm -hmm. so that you can then continue to add value in advance. And then I was recruited into the agency, which was something I wasn't expecting as a scientist. I never fathomed I'd work at an advertising agency. And then when I got there, I realized the value of having that scientific understanding. And again, it was another world, another space I had to learn. So when I learned everything about that, it then equipped me to continue to lead others in the same regard. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just, yeah, mastering the skill, mastering the understanding of what the company does allows you to elevate to the leadership ranks because as a leader, you can't lead others if you don't understand what they do or what their Mm -hmm. needs are. And I think within a company, just basically learning everything about them and all aspects is how you continue to elevate as opposed to really focusing on a single job or your sole responsibility. So it's kind of learning Mm -hmm. broadly which allows you to kind of ultimately rise to the ranks of a, a leader for a team.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. So you did uh, an array of different, uh, different roles that gave you quite a, a broad overview and, and you, you feel that kind of stood you in good stead um, for, for kind of climbing the ranks. That's, um, yeah, so that's, that's really, that's really good. I mean, I know in some, um some hotel uh chains uh you can't you can't become a hotel manager unless you've kind of done all of the different roles can you you know like you have to work as a kitchen hand and you have to work as a cleaner and and a maid and you know all these all these things you have to you have to do so that you um well so that you you can empathize with everyone's role I suppose but also some if someone doesn't turn up you can just say well actually I've done that job uh, mm-hmm. I I, I, can, I can do that I can cover for that or or I've done that job I know it doesn't take that long to to do such and such I mean we um we have this thing with with the uh, hospital chief execs in the UK that those who are in their ivory towers and, and never kind of you know lower themselves if you like to kind of walk the walk the shop floor um mm-hmm. they they're not very good leaders and they don't they're not very popular and they you know they they don't know what's going on at the um uh, the coal face uh level do you um I mean in some in some industries it's not possible to kind of get a feel for all the different roles within uh the scope of your uh of the people that you're managing is it but do you think there's a there's like a happy medium that if you still kind of try to interact as much with different people within your organization that that that, that's a a good way to hone your good leadership skills?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think we offer a variety of different services. Um, One of those being design, which I'll never be able to get in there and do graphic design, but just understanding what they do, the approach, some of the challenges, some of the The different ways they operate is really helpful to understand and our team is very collaborative so we do get to see a lot of that how the strategy team interacts with the market research team and the creative so we do get a good sense of how we all work and what we're doing in each of our respective areas. And so I think that's important for me to understand too as we're looking at you know the challenges and how to address and solve problems. I often, because I'm from that strategy sector, so I'm not just the CEO, it's the chief strategy officer, because I will often jump in and serve as a strategist when needed. I'll either support one of our primary strategists in their absence, I can serve in or step in as the primary strategist and do mm-hmm. some of the day-to-day stuff they're doing. So mm-hmm. it's something that I will you know, step in and assist or do coaching or work alongside one of them just because it's the area in which I'm from. And yeah. so it's something that I think is it's not beyond me to, oh, I don't do that anymore. I'm definitely happy
0: yeah, to help yeah. jump in as needed. Oh, great. So that you're very you're very hands-on, but that breadth of experience that you had earlier on in your career kind of really lends itself to that, doesn't it? Um mm-hmm. okay. So um you you mentioned um the um the, me- the mentor who was the uh the the man that who was a PhD as well, who was a former scientist. Who moved across to industry and he sort of took you under his wing and 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 taught you a lot about business and so on. Would you say that he was the, the most instrumental person that kind of to, to help you rise within within industry? Or were there other people, you know, senior to you, male or female, that that did so as well?
1: Yeah, I would say he was that pivotal person at the transition and start of my career. Yeah. Um yeah. and so it was really just those first three years. Um, I think that. That is a really important transition that he was able to facilitate and really set me up for success because he saw that I was able to quickly learn and add that value. So he put a lot of faith and trust Mm -hmm. into myself and also one of my colleagues where we were really trying to lay the groundwork for a new business model for them. And he trusted us to do so. So that opportunity afforded us a lot of growth and experience. And so I think that he really set me up for success early on. Um, Mm -hmm. Other people throughout the way had that similar faith where they would empower me. They would give me a Mm -hmm. project and allow for me to figure out, navigate how to do it and learn. So I think those independent learning experiences really teach you more than if someone just gives you a directive and you follow. So I think I've had a couple opportunities and bosses or managers that have really given me that growth opportunity Mm -hmm. and chance. And so I would say there's almost one at every organization that you can always look to, to say I've learned the most from some of them, it was what not to do. And I think that has definitely taught me a lot, especially in managerial styles that I would look back and understand, okay, what would this person do? I'm going to do the opposite. (laughs) Or I would say, you know, what else can I do to build culture and do things just so I know things that have worked in the past or not. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. And, um, you know, to, to, uh, to relate to your latter point um I mean I think that's because you're so uh insightful that you um you know chose <laughs> uh, I mean you saw what was what was bad leadership and you you chose not to emulate that and one of the one of the problems that we have in medicine is that there there's not an, an inconsiderable number of doctors who model themselves upon bad leaders and and the you know the cycle gets perpetuated um so uh you know something that uh i'm kind of working do my my tiny little bit to work on um <laughs> helping out with um i mean you've you've there've been a lot of positives i i hear i hear a lot of positives for your career um but did, did you ever experience any any negatives any any bullying or any discrimination or any other challenges um on this journey and if so how did you cope with those and move past those
1: yeah i think there's a lot of challenges in general, especially if you're a female in a leadership role or even in biotech. So Mm -hmm. um, in biotech, it is the leadership is still predominantly dominated by males, male executives, Mm -hmm. and then even more so in agencies, agencies tend to be male led. And so these are both things that I had to combat as I came in and was definitely not fitting that mold. I think in terms of discrimination or something direct against me, I think there's, of course, there's, you know, the inappropriate comments that I've encountered and you get those not only in the workplace, but even just as a woman in life. But I think that there's been a couple scenarios where I definitely have walked into a room and felt like I have to prove that I deserve to be there, whereas a male wouldn't have to do that. And so I feel mm-hmm. like that's something that you just constantly have to do as a female. And the higher you get, the more you have to do so just to realize that you deserve to be in that room or conversation. Mm-hmm. And so there's been a couple comments that were definitely inappropriate as I was in those business development roles where I was in negotiations with different strategic partners. I actually had a CEO tell me not to wear a dress to the next negotiation or next meeting because it was distracting. So things of that regard that you just hear uh, from time to time. But in general, there's a lot of initial assumptions when you walk into a room of what your role is. And so there were times where I would be perceived to be maybe a salesperson or an admin where I was the VP of genomic strategy. So I had to quickly correct them when they would say a physician would say, oh, what's your sales territory? I'm like, no, no, I'm the VP of genomic strategy. So I'm more of an uh, in-house executive as opposed to um, a sales rep. So there's a lot of just assumptions you have to course correct. There's the the need to prove that you need deserve to be in the room. And you can quickly do that if you communicate that you know what you're doing showcase mm. your value right away but it is something that's unfortunate you have to initially combat
0: mm-hmm. I mean um the um the the dress comment is a little bit of a, of a jaw dropper isn't it I mean how did you how did you deal with that at the time
1: um it actually didn't come direct it came from I think my boss from the CEO okay. or something so okay. Okay. I didn't bother with actually disputing it I just wore, you know my next yeah. business professional outfit that was not a dress and got the job done
0: yeah. I just
1: put yeah. my head down got the job done yeah. and there was nothing they could dispute about that
0: yeah yeah so when when some of the people that you were working with uh assumed that you were um, a sales rep or or something you know um not not, not the VP of uh, genomic strategy or so on did you did you kind of correct them straight away um, and and how did that how did that feel and you know just kind of thinking about people listening to this and 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 how they how they might um approach that
1: yeah I usually pretty quickly correct them with the dead face I'll just look at them and say no actually this is the title and very Mm -hmm. definitively share that with them and sometimes I will go into my scientific background because I think that's something that allows for them to quickly understand that I have you know the credibility and the depth yeah. of the technical aspect so I think that's helped me in some regards because it gives them that oh understanding you you actually do have yeah. you know that background in the technical chops. so yeah. Yeah. um but yeah I I usually correct them I don't let that go
0: yeah no that's that's good it's good good to know and uh good to I think uh you know if you if you have the confidence to do that that's uh a great approach and if you don't then maybe maybe work on get gaining the confidence to be able to to do that because uh you know it's not 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 nice to be uh you know not given credit for all of your achievements and so on especially just on the grounds of your gender um so thank you for that um so in in addition to that I mean really um really wise advice on, on kind of how to navigate your way through those challenges. Have you got any other advice um for the listeners on how to become strong and kind leaders? I mean, I I I listened to your journey and um you know I think I mean I think you've done exceptionally exceptionally well, you know, uh you know, to to rise um in, as you say, a very male-dominated industry where it'd be very you know very easy for for women not to kind of do as well as you have done um but but also you've you've just sounds like you you now as a ceo and a a chief strategy officer and so on. you you do your um job with such kindness to your to your colleagues and your your team and so on um so how how would you advise the listeners on how they could become kind, kind and strong leaders like that
1: I think to be a kind or strong leader, the two most important aspects would be to have empathy and respect. So the empathy goes a little bit back to what we were saying, understanding what each of your team members is going through, what their role is, their challenges, what matters Mm -hmm. to them. So having that understanding and ability to kind of relate and empathize with them and then just respect what they need and respect Mm -hmm. the cultural differences or respect um, each individual um, so that they feel that it's a nourishing environment and that you actually care as opposed to sitting at the top and not having anything that helps you relate to what they what they do and what they need
0: yeah yeah absolutely no thank you so much for that it's really good um perfect okay so have you got any uh, kind of um before we kind of come towards the end have you got any final kind of you know kind of pithy take-home messages for the listeners um on just kind of leadership in general
1: but it's back to the, you want to be able to relate to who you're leading. And yeah. then you also want to be authentic in your leadership style. And yeah. part of that is being transparent. So being able to communicate in a way that they understand because they know that you get them, but also yeah. sharing information that is relevant and authentic and transparent to them allows for them to trust you as a leader.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes fantastic i completely agree with that um yeah love that i really appreciate that thank you so um what are you what what are you or or um the organisation uh, audacity health um currently excited to be working on that you'd like to share with the listeners and maybe some way they could get involved
1: Sure. Um, we as an agency sit in this really unique perspective across all of these different clients and biotech. So we see so many trends across the landscape and understand, you know, different strategies, different technologies coming to market. And then of course we employ different strategies to help them succeed. So the biggest thing we're doing now is working on thought leadership pieces. So we're drafting mm-hmm. A tremendous amount of content, really exciting articles that either recap trends we're seeing or techniques that are working. And so our thought leadership is just coming from a unique perspective. Whereas most companies are really deep in what they do, but us being able to look across the board and landscape really allows these insights that we're able to start putting together in these nice articles and blogs and posts. Mm So we've got a a large effort going into thought leadership content right now. I mentioned one to you earlier about just the female Mm -hmm. presence of leaders in the biotech and agency space. Um, we're doing ones that are touching upon just what's happening in the different biotech uh, markets and their budget mm. cuts or different transformation across the pandemic and beyond. So mm. a lot of those are things that we have a novel uh, view of. And so we're starting to develop a lot of those and share those with our mm. clients and networks so that they can also tap into that knowledge and see.
0: Yeah, excellent. So you... Um... Yeah, I mean, you you referred to that um, that article that's uh, in in draft form at the moment that's around the um, kind of number of women in senior positions in in biotech. Is is that right?
1: Yeah, uh, biotech and, yeah. and agencies agencies yeah. are also very yeah. male dominated. So I think um, we see yeah. it on both accounts. When we walk yeah. into a closet yeah. the yeah. room might be full of uh, male executives, but even if we're up against other agencies, they're traditionally male led.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah and um and we were were talking about the um the the recent um awards from the san diego business journal and and actually a uh, a very encouraging number of um of female recipients of the of the awards um so that's uh i mean it was not not quite half was it but it was almost almost half of the um the winners were female so um that's that sounds like it's uh in a in a good ballpark and and hopefully we'll keep moving towards um women being in the majority I would I would like to think um and the the those sort of articles that you know not kind of traditionally related to your business um generation but are more things that the organization is interested in you say they're published in um in Forbes and 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 anywhere else that that we can look out for them
1: yeah um we have almost a regular cadence of one th- once a month or every other month in Forbes, but we have uh, PM 360, which is pharma marketing 360, mm-hmm. um, HIT, which is healthcare technology or information technology. Those are some mm-hmm. of the other pubs that tend to pick up some of the materials that we're sharing. And then of course doing podcasts to talk about some of these and they could be anything from marketing tech, techniques and strategies versus what we see across the different industry. We did one on healthcare trends that we observed mm. last year and kind of predicting where, you know, what we're expecting to see this year. So mm. things of that regard.
0: Yeah, excellent. Thank you. Thanks for that. Um, and uh, if if any of the listeners would like to reach out to you, um, what's the best way for them to do so?
1: They can email me at my Audacity email. So it's jill.collins at audacityhealth.com. Or they can always go to our website and submit a form, contact form.
0: What's the web address for the for the company?
1: Audacityhealth.com. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. Uh, you, you you are on LinkedIn, and and is the company on LinkedIn?
1: Yep, yeah, you can find mm-hmm. us there as well.
0: Yeah, excellent.
1: And a lot of our articles are going to be promoted on LinkedIn. So if you're yeah. interested in those pieces, you can visit our Audacity Health LinkedIn page, and we yeah. typically post articles and blogs there or link to those that were published elsewhere.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much for that. Um, Do you have any closing words that you'd like to share with the listeners?
1: Let's see. Um, I am grateful to have the opportunity to just talk about being a female leader. And I do think it is something that It's notably shifting. As you pointed out, we're seeing a lot of the CEO of the year, more of those having that female presence. And I'm enthused to see the movement towards that equality there. And I think it's something that we'll have to continuously combat. It's not going to happen overnight and there'll be challenges along the way, but it's worth it. And I think there is no reason that a female should not feel like they deserve to be there. They just may have a few extra challenges. And if you can work hard to overcome those I think it's tremendous to see more
0: females at the top. Yeah, absolutely. And, and hopefully bodes well for the for the next generation. Um so yeah, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. Thank you again so much for coming on the show and sharing all your um your huge wisdom and, and wonderful advice with us, Jill. Um thank you to the um audience for listening. Um, and until the next episode in two weeks, all that remains is to wish everyone health, happiness, and inspiring leadership. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me and my guest on the Inspiring Women Leaders podcast today. I really hope you enjoyed listening to the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you did, please download the show and leave it a rating and a review so that together we can share the amazing lessons we've learned from my guests with listeners far and wide, and help as many aspiring leaders as possible. Most of my podcasts will also be uploaded to my YouTube channel, Dr. Adam, Physician Coach. So please check out my channel there and hopefully you'll find some videos on similar topics to watch and enjoy. Finally, I have some exciting new group coaching programs and a membership scheme in the pipeline. So please keep a regular eye on my website, www.dradamharrison.com That's www.dradamharrison.com d-r-a-d-a-m-h-a-r-r-i-s-o-n.com for updates thank you again for your time today and please join me next time two weeks from now on alternate wednesdays for another brilliant episode of inspiring women leaders